Good morning, everybody watching online at Facebook land or NorwoodFMC.com for the audio. I'm a, I tend to be an on-the-go type of guy, so I get my podcasts uh, in my headphones. I don't really sit and watch. But, um, so we're uh, in retrospect, it seems like we just came off a series about uh, love. Uh, we've been talking about how to love difficult people, how it's healthy to set boundaries with people, how to live forgiven and forgiving ourselves. We've even, uh, last week we touched on, what do we do when we feel like God hasn't done his job in our lives? And that's, that's a big, uh, that was a big topic. That was a, that's one that can be dear, near and dear to home. But today I need to switch gears. And um, we're not going to learn about our lives with God, which is what we've been doing lately, but we're going to learn about the one that we serve. But where this took me today was, was this week was new. I really, I really enjoy this. So let's, Let's just do it. I'm going to do some expository preaching today. You look at something and you expose truth out of it. So here's a story found in the book of John. John chapter 5, starting right in verse 1. Sometime later than what we were just talking about. Hold on, hold on, hold on. John is an autobiography of Jesus Christ. John was there. This isn't, well, how can we believe the Bible? Because John was there. If you look at da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, John's the one leaning against Christ Jesus. He was his right-hand man. This is a first-hand account written about Jesus Christ. So John says this, one day we were all chilling in AJ's version of it. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, which is a gate where guess what? The sheep came in to be sacrificed. If you're curious, there's a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, or your Bible might say Bethsaida, in which is surrounded five colored covered colonies. Now, what you need to know about this place is a great number of disabled folks used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So here's the thing. You want, we can do this? That's a little weird, right? Why, why is that in there? Well, let me tell you something. The Bible is, I believe, absolutely inspired by the Holy Spirit. I don't believe one single word is, uh, you know, not intentionally put there. So one thing you need to know about this. Okay, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Here we go. One thing you need to know about this. Here's what's happening. These people would lay around these pools because every once in a while, the pool would would start bubbling and they had this belief that whoever got in there first would be healed because it was an angel that made the pool bubble do you follow me now we learned later on about natural hot springs and stuff that do this but back then this was a belief now did anybody ever get healed i don't know i have no idea but this is what they believed okay some preachers will actually preach to you that that was true i can't do that because i don't think angels heal right see where the problem is and maybe if it's an angel that did that, then maybe that's God's messenger that healed that individual person. I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but really it's known to be folklore, okay? This magical thing was happening. How many people know people will reach out to really weird stuff for their belief systems if left to their own devices, right? We've invented some really wacky things to believe in. Throw some salt over your shoulder. Hey, does anybody remember my superstition one where I looked at some weird superstitions we do? Knock on wood. Oh, hey, I do that. Never mind. Um... I don't do that. I'm making fun of you. Uh, okay, so I'm going to throw out some thoughts. Now, listen, 
this may not all flow, but I don't want to miss anything, okay? And I want to shout out to a guy named Stephen Furtick for a recent touch-up on his story. He made me dig in and think. I was going to call this thing, Do You Want to Be Made Well? But actually, I don't, I don't want to call it that. Because you know what? The more I realized, this is a story about religion and Jesus in a fist fight. And I never realized that. I've preached on this three times in the last seven years. And I realized this is absolutely a wrestling match between religion and Jesus. And so uh, let's do this, huh? So the first thing is, why would you walk up to a dude who's laying there, obviously in pain, 38 years, and Jesus asks him what? Do you want to be made well? Does that strike you as a little odd? Can you imagine going up to, let's say, the cancer ward and say, hey, does anybody want to be healed? That seems like a silly question, right? So whenever something like that hits you, you're like, Jesus knew. As much, just like the father who said, Adam, where are you? Tip, tip, tip. My GPS isn't working anymore, so I have to ask where you are. Whenever God, Jesus, who is God of the flesh, whenever they ask a question, it's always right to the heart of the matter. Do we understand that? When Jesus asks questions, he doesn't ask for himself. He already knows. He asks for you, for you to know. Where are you? You need to know where you are. Do you want to be made well? This is a very important question. So, and again, someone say it's uh, silly, but I don't believe in that. See, because here's the thing. I've run into a lot of people. Now, don't get weird if you're hearing me for one of the first time. Sit through it. I'm going to build this. One thing I don't do is beat people up. Okay? My stones, I forgot where I put them. I have the, none of them to throw at anybody. But I'm also not going to shy away from any truth that we see in here. Now, you want to know why he asked him, you want to be made well? Here's, here's my estimation about this. Just my opinion. Because I've run into a lot of people who say they want to change, but they really don't. They really don't want to change. They say they want things to be different, but they really don't. And it's true. <clears throat> They'll say things like this. Bless me. I want more, but I, I won't ever be generous. I won't do what you clearly laid out for me. It's true. You know how many people have come to, uh, let's say, a service in church, felt the presence of the living God for the first time in their lives, felt hope and life, and never came back again? I'm not even talking about church, guys. I'm just telling you human behavior. So if you ask someone, do you want to be made well? Everybody will say yes, but the truth is not everybody does want to be made well, guys. This is the, the dark part of, uh, of, of, of health care. This is the dark part of, of, of you know, spiritual health care. We say we want this area of us, maybe our spirits to get well, to get stronger, but we won't even carve out time to do that at times. It's true. Do you want to be made well? I'm frustrated as a parent, but I'm not going to reach out for counsel. My marriage isn't where I want it to be, but I'm not going to go talk to anybody my health or whatever. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Do you want to be made well is a very important starting point. By the way, we have our marriage books in the back for free. If you're or not, yeah, well, kind of. We have the, the children's book in the back, which I have read and it blew my mind, remember? The parenting thing. Uh, if I don't like where my parenting is, do you want to be made well, AJ? Yes, then do what you can do. That's where I'm going with this, guys. You're, 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 I'm going to dig down here and then I'm going to totally switch it on you. I want to say this. This can be summed up this truth can be summed up here. Maybe think twice about praying for what you're not willing to pay for. Some would say, don't pray for what you're not willing to pay for. Here's what I mean. Lord, will you give me a big house? Sure, but you're going to have to clean it. You get what I'm trying to say, guys? Boots on the ground wisdom. It's truly. Um, yeah, I want really, I want really well-behaved kids who understand and love you and, and, you know, they respond to discipline. Are you willing to routinely discipline the kid? Oh, no, God, I just wanted to don't pray for what you don't want to pay for. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I want a career, Father. Well, guess what? When you go from a job to a career, you don't get to unplug. I can tell you that right now. You, you'll be tempted to lose sleep when you invest yourself into a career. Don't pray for what you're not willing to pay for. Do you want to be made well? Do you see where I'm going with this? 
And this is not me saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or you made your bed in line. And I'm not that guy. I'm not a legalistic dude at all. But there's wisdom in the fact that don't start something if you can't finish it. That's what the Bible talks about, right? If a king goes out to war or if a man starts a project and he hasn't counted the cost, he's going to be made a fool by not being able to finish it. Do you want to be made well, bro? You're laying here and your life is terrible, but are you willing to even think that life can be different than it is right now? And guys, I'll be honest with you. I can see people just fall off. Yes, but once you put quiet on there, and once you realize that God will always call you to be a part of what he's doing in your life, God will always call you to be a part of what he's doing in your life. Some people will say this, although I didn't actually want to be well. <laughs> Come on. We all know people like this. We all is people like this at times, right? That's the greatest, uh, that's the greatest thing here. Okay, guys, about this. So many people want God to just pull them out of debt, fix their marriage, raise their kids, drive them to work, <laughs> only work a few hours a week and, and be wealthy. And I'm sorry, Snowflake. That's not how the kingdom of God works. God will ask you to play, play a part in what God is doing in your life. He came that we would have life and life to the fullest. He's a good father who gives perfect gifts, but you will always be a part of what he's doing because that's how the greatest blessing happens. You ready for it? A changed you. Do we understand that? See why you got to be a part of it? All my life and my hardships, here's the thing. Let's say an addiction. I got this idea that I was surrounded by a burning ring of fire because I'm a Johnny Cash fan. And I was always asking God to pluck me out of it. Take this away. Make it so I don't want this thing anymore. And God said, you know what? We got to walk through that fire together. On the other side of that will be a changed you that knows me better. Do you get it now? But you know what a lot of people say? No, no. Either you pluck me out of it or I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. So that's why saying, do you want to be made well, is a big deal. I'm going to close this portion by saying this. What wars against this in our best lives and all this, I'll give you some key terms. Apathy, laziness, entitlement, and learned helplessness will all be reasons when Jesus says, do you want to be made well? We'll go, nope, I don't want to be made well, says hand puppet AJ. These things are devastating, you guys. The question just keeps giving and giving as I read this, though, guys. I can see every day Jesus is saying the same thing to us about our inner struggles. Now, let me switch it up because y'all are feeling beat up, but nobody's doing that today. The inner struggles, that anger, that addiction, the fear, the worry, the identity problem you have where you always wonder, am I enough? Am I enough? The past that haunts you, the grief you just can't seem to move through, the relationship that shattered. Jesus says this, do you want differently? Do you want wellness? And today he's doing that very same thing. Jesus is the same. So he's walking over to you and your hurt or my hurt or my struggle, my suffering. And he says, do you want to be made well? And actually the King James doesn't say, do you want to be made well? It says, do you want to be made whole? Whole. So that broken part of you, that part of you, that's not whole or complete. He's saying right now, do you want to be made whole? Now, this is where religion and Jesus Boom! Somebody didn't put the crossing thing up and two trains are just going to collide. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in a little spoiler alert. Jesus is always going to win every battle he ever is involved in. If he shot around a golf, his score would be 18. Do we understand what I'm saying? Here's where the tension is. So let's switch this. Let's switch to... So there's the question. Now let's switch to his response. You can keep up with me if you want, bro. Um, do you want to be made whole? And he says, let's go back to... He says, um, but Jesus, when this happens, I've got nobody to put me in. And so here's what he says. Yeah, he says, do you want to, sir, 
he immediately goes into reasons. Now, I always thought they were excuses, but can I tell you something? They're not lies. They're truth. They're truth, but here's what it reveals. The question Jesus asks, make this guy answer, and it reveals the heart of it all. You know what it is, guys? He's trusting a system, isn't he? He's saying, this is how it works. This is how it's always been in my life, my family, around here, this county, whatever it is. This is how it works. This happens, then this happens. And here's the problem. I'm still not where I want to be. And that's what Jesus says, right? And he, 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 he makes the guy play his hand. This is what I'm trusting, Jesus. Boom. And Jesus could basically say, how's that working for you? And can I tell you, when Jesus asked me that, that's probably the biggest and best decision in my life. He looked at me and said, how's that working for you? And I realized, I said, without you, it's not working at all. And that's what this man's going to realize as well. That's why religion is so dangerous. Religion offers a system for having God in your life. Do you understand that? Do this. Don't do that. You're good. And that's absolutely not going to jive here today. This man is trusting a system. Do you understand it? I don't care if the system's superstition. I don't care if it's stand up, sit down, do this, recite this 20 times. It's a system. And a system will always strangle your faith in, in Christ Jesus. I've always said this, and no one likes when I say it, so I say it so much. I'm such a masochist. Ritual will always banish Jesus, and Jesus always banished ritual. You see why people don't like that? Too bad. I give you some evidence. Remember when uh, Jesus spits, makes clay, and puts it on man's eyes, and he heals him? How many other times did he spit? Did he use spit to heal? And I said this months ago. You want to know why? Because you and me would look at it and go, that magic spit. And we'd start writing books about how to heal with spit. And you'd start having a speaker for mega millions talking about, you too can heal with spit. Right? We would start worshiping the method or the system. Meanwhile, Jesus is going, that was me, dude. That was me. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's what we do. And so, again... Ritual systems, they do not work. When's the last time religion said to you, go, get alone, and share yourself with God? Have you ever heard that in a religious system? No, 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 because it has nothing to do with that religion, right? When's the last time someone said, go share yourself, open yourself to God? Don't report to me. Don't do this method I've taught you. Don't buy my book. Just share yourself with God. Guess what? That's faith. That's what Jesus is doing right here. One to one. Stop looking at the system. Look at me. Right? Isn't that good? Don't you see why this isn't a story? This was awesome. John obviously thought this was very, very important. The system must do this and this will happen. If you can get yourself into that pool, you'll be healed. Religion will also talk about your efforts. Religion will talk about you've had a good day. You're good with God. You've had a bad day. Sorry. Try again later, Ernie. And that's absolutely not Christ Jesus. Hey, guys, how many other miracles did Jesus walk up to the person and find them? Did you miss that? The woman with the issue of blood, right? The other one, son of David, have mercy. Who, who instigated this meeting? Who initiated it? Thank you. Jesus did. I, want to talk, I don't want to give too much of my story away now. But uh, faith in, in, in walking with Christ is not actually about what you do really at all, if you think about it. Jesus walked over to this person and said, do you want to be made well? I'd love someday to have some testimonies about here, out here, but at 17 years old, that's exactly what he did to me. He took a, just a normal dude and said, hey, how's that all working for you? Do you want to know creator God? Do you want better than this? Bring me into your life. And at 17 years old, that's what happened. 
It wasn't about me going to him. It was about him finding me. Now, I want to show you something. Religion will also tell you this. God helps those who help themselves. Here we see Jesus help a man who couldn't. So is that true? You know I hate that statement, right? You've been with me a month, you'll know I hate that statement. God helps those who help themselves. God has no interest in the runner who thinks they can make it up the mountain on their own. Do you know what? God's not looking for Usain Bolts. I know he's a he's not distance, but God wants the runner that gets to the bottom of the mountain and says, without you, Father, I don't have a shot. You understand that? God doesn't want the cocky groom who's up there getting married. Yeah, I can take care of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Been married over a decade. That's a funny joke. God wants the guy who says, wow, without you, I don't have a shot of being the husband I want or the father. That's the guy. That's the guy God uses. Do you know that? 10 out of 10. You use the weak to lead the strong. It just came to my mind. We just sang that. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> they think I'm just singing to myself. It's true. God uses the weak to lead the strong. Now, I want to show you something else about religion and, and Jesus in this boxing match. How many people know? We're, here we are in John chapter 5, five covered colonnades, right? In Jerusalem, pool of Bethesda. How many people know that numerology can actually be a big deal in the Bible? In other words, numbers can have meaning. You ever heard of that? You don't have to know it all, but I'll say this. The number seven, for example, is God's number. It is the number perfection, right? Seven days, creation. Seven is God's number. It is a prime number. You can't divide and get it evenly. It's very important. Six is the number of man, right? It's fallen. It's not quite seven. Do you get it? Do you know what the number five is? Because we've got five color, covered colonnades, and we got John chapter five. I'll give you a hint. Jesus was pierced five times. Two wrists, two feet, and his side. Five is actually the number of grace. It is used 318 times in the scripture. Five is the number of grace. And actually, if you multiply it a time itself, it turns into 25, which is based upon grace. You ever heard that from John 1, 16? It's not a mistake, folks. What we see is this is where grace shows up. Let's do the slide that, yeah, this is grace walking in. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It is not of a system. It certainly isn't, right? It is a gift of God, not by your religious stuff, not by your rule following, not even by keeping the law. And you want to know why that's the way it is? Because if you could do that, you would get the glory. That's why. How many fist bumps are we going to give each other in heaven? Right? Marsha, how'd you get here? I did it. I kept the commands. Boom. Right? I'll get there in a second. I want to talk more about this when the guy actually stands up. But um, uh, this is all about, all about radical, crazy grace. And guys, here, here's the thing. See, on the beginning, I swung this way, and you're like, oh, yeah. Do you want to get well? AJ's being tough today. But it's actually grace, isn't it? It's absolutely grace. Grace shows up and changes this man's circumstance. Absolutely. Now, I want to take a break for a second. I want to say this. I've been kind of tough on this guy in the past. I'm not the guy who usually says try harder. But honestly, like I kind of felt like he was giving out excuses, like I said. And I thought maybe instead of saying, do you want to get well, I thought his answer should have been, yes, Lord, I do want to be made well. Like, I didn't understand this guy's line of thinking. But let me, let me tell you something about grace. Ready? I'm going to teach you about grace for a second. I want to empathize with this person who's a human being. This guy lays there day after day after day, and he can't get to what he thinks is going to help him. So let's put it this way. This is what grace sees. You ready? 
when you can see what you want or need, but you can't get to it, that's devastating on your heart. Does anybody, anybody understand that? This is what Jesus sees. When you see the you you want to be and you can't quite get there, it becomes exhausting. When you see maybe the relationship you have with your child getting better, but it just doesn't seem to get there. It weighs on you. It, it destroys you. When you see being free of that thing that always has you, when you see a positive medical report, a positive pregnancy test, money left over after the bills are paid, when you can see it every day but can't quite get there, do you know what that does to you? It makes your heart sick is what it does. I didn't make that up. It says in the Bible, hope deferred or put off makes the heart sick. I could tell you about Steph's story of month after month after month after month. Why, God? We just want to start a family, right? And so Jesus doesn't go over and say, get up, dummy, does he? Religion would do that. Oh, have you tried this? Stop doing this. Start doing this. You, 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 you. Jesus walks over and he sees a man who's been there for 38 years. Hope deferred makes a heart sick, man. You know, know another thing about this guy that's true for our lives and for him? Seeing others blessed with what you need and what you want can be so hard, right? She just got that good job, and I'm still. Wow, she got to get married again? I'm lonely. They got to start a family? Why? Did you see that? That's this man's story, too. What does Grace see? Grace sees a man who has to sit there and watch other people get in the pool before he can because his body is incapable. Right, guys? Do you get it? Religion looks at this dude and says, get up, dummy. Jesus sees a person who's really, really hurting. Really hurting. A sickness or struggle, that's another thing. A sickness or struggle long term can start to define you. Anybody ever have an issue like that and it starts to just become kind of who you are? You're just, or, or not even a physical thing, but how about this? Now you're just the widow or the divorcee or I'm, I'm, I'm just infertile. I'm the one who got cheated on. I'm the one who got fired. Grace sees, that's the third thing Grace sees when he sees this guy. I'm an invalid, right? I'm no longer John. What's this guy's name? Anybody know? No, you don't know. All we know about him is his defining suffering. Do you understand that? Anybody ever been there before? It's like, that just, it kills the last of your strength. This guy had nothing to give. And now I kind of see why. Because I'm looking through the eyes of grace. Once I took off the religion and looked through the eyes of grace, now I see a guy who's got nothing left to give. Did, so did Jesus do? Did Jesus, in the face of this man's need, did he say, stop staring at what you don't have and stare at what you do? Did he give a sermon about gratitude? No, he didn't. That's important. I've given that sermon. That's an important part of walking with Christ. Absolutely. But in this moment, what did this man do? God did not do this on this day. He did not look at him and say, stop looking at, you know, what you don't have. He didn't do that. Did he say, keep your eyes on your own paper? Don't stare at the people getting in there and getting the stuff. Don't stare at Facebook and those pregnancy announcements. Don't do that. He didn't say that to him, did he? He didn't say, eyes on your own paper. Not in this man's need and suffering. He didn't say that. It's truth. Eyes on your own paper. Stop worrying about what God's doing in other people's lives. But not today. Not to this man. Or the third thing, did he say this? Who gets to define you? Not your sickness, right? The only one who gets to define you define you is God. Did he give him that message? I have. And that's an important thing to know. No one gets to label you. But did, did he do that today? Not today. Not in the face of this man's need. No, instead, you know what he does? He reaches out and he provides. He fills this entire place, this five-covered colonnade, with grace. 
and he takes a bucket of grace and just splashes it on this man's canvas, on the canvas of this man's life. That's what he does in our needs. Jesus sees beyond the man's answer. He sees a heart so sick that what he could do was nothing. That's what the man had left in him, nothing. And I said before, in the, in the beginning part, I said, God will always require you and call you to be a part of what he's doing in your life. Ready? You have to give what is required. So what? give what you can to cooperate with God. But this man, you know what he had? He had nothing to give. Do you understand that? These are not opposing points at all. We have a grace-filled God who knows right where you are. Can I get an amen on that one? Religion would, off, would ask the same thing of each person. But grace sees the pain. Grace sees the need. Grace sees the truth, right? So the first part I said, you've got to be a part of what God's doing. Well, what if you have nothing left to give? And that's all that's required is nothing. Isn't that good? Isn't that so good? This is grace, man. This is grace. So I want you to think of one other thing, too. The average lifespan for this man for uh, at that time, whether it be Roman or Hebrew, do you know it was 30 to 35 years? That's how long the men lived? This guy's been an invalid for 38 years. He's known nothing else for the rest of his life. He's lived sick longer than most people have lived, period. So the end of the story, let's do this. God heals him. Now, careful, there's one more trap. There's one more religious trap in the story, and here's what I mean. What did the guy do to deserve it? The only thing he did was what he could. Okay? So, I gotta, I gotta put this, I gotta... This is, this is a really good point, but I got to make sure that I make this understandable. So yesterday he couldn't give what is required today. So yesterday he couldn't give the effort. Jesus says to him, stand up, take your mat and walk, right? Stand up, take your mat and walk, right? Yesterday Jesus would not have asked him that. Before grace came, before Jesus came, the man couldn't do that, right? But today, so, so can't do it. I've got nothing to give. Jesus requires nothing. Jesus gives him grace and heals him and then requires that do you see that you're always required to give what you can give the man yesterday gave could give nothing but today inside of him he had a get up pick up your mat and walk because of christ so today god said give me this yesterday had he asked that the man couldn't have done that so all god asked was to trust what little he had Grace floods in and gives you the power to change, and now you have it, and it's equipped. Okay, I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. <sighs> I know. I, I was talking to Pete last night about this, and it came out the wrong way. So, <laughs> okay. Today, I'm stuck in my addiction. I have nothing. To, I don't have a quit in me. I don't have it. Grace shows up and changes the circumstance, requires nothing of me that day. Gives me the ability, gives me a quit, and now it's required of me. Do you understand that? Okay, okay. I, I don't want to use the word required. It's available to me. Yeah, there it is. I'm always angry, Father. I don't have self-control. I lose my temper all the time. Today, I've got nothing to give you. Grace shows up, gives me that ability, and now it's available to me. And in the next time it's there, use it. Does that make sense? Because wouldn't it have been so cruel if Jesus walked up to the guy and said, get up. But Jesus, you've not given me the get up. Get up. That's what religion will do. Do you understand that? Everybody get up. Everybody act this way. Oh, that's good. 
Everybody act this way. Everybody act free. Everybody stop using this language. Everybody, you know, have no bad tempers. Everybody be faithful in your marriage. Everybody, blah, blah, blah. But religion doesn't equip you with the ability to do it. Do you get it? It just keeps asking more and more and more. Jesus comes in, sees the situation. There's nothing this man can give. Gives him the ability to do it and then says, hey, you've got it now. Get up and walk. Huh? Yes. There's something in there. But you know what? Uh, see, Pete wanted me to back off on this. And I'm not going to do that just yet. I'm going to say this. Required of you. Okay? This is a king we serve. This is a good, good father. And grace gets put in there. But don't miss this. Chick, did he ask him to get up? Will you please get up? He's a king. He doesn't ask anybody to do anything. He gives commands. One of them he gave was let light be. And then he said, Saturn, you will have rings. And then he said, get up, take up your mat, walk. Now we have free will. You could have said, no. Do you want to be made well? No. But for those of us who do want to be made whole, guys, this is a perfect promise for us. I will only require, okay, okay, okay. For you, for you and change and getting whole, I will only require what you do have. What little bit of faith you may have today, what little bit of get up you may have, I'll give you what you need and then you got to work it. Oh, man. Damn. Throw it on the ground. Does anybody get that? You want that job? Cool. Go to work. Be on time. Do you see that? I'll give it to you, but then you work it. I'll give it to you, then you work it. And that's where we get screwed up because we start focusing on one or the other. The guy who's single and wants to get married but never leaves his mother's basement. Cindy Crawford going to come down the chimney, bro? Like, do you see what I'm trying to say, though? There's this balance, and it's all fueled by the rocket power of grace. Absolutely. What was impossible with my systems and my ways, God will give it to us and then be available to me. That's what I'm trying to say. But I didn't want to shortchange it by making it too watery down. It's not there. It's there now. It's required. It's not there. It's there now. It's available. Work it. Do you see that? It's got different faces based on the different needs. What have we learned about Jesus as we're getting to wrap up here? What have we learned? We've learned that grace is not earned. It's not fair, and it makes very little sense. And that's why lots of people don't like it. They don't like grace for you. They want grace for, I want grace for me, but not grace for you. Because you look at grace and go, it's not fair. Why would that person be let off the hook? Why would that person be given grace? I don't understand it. Not people like him. And that's why people argue against and fight against ridiculous grace. Do you understand? Grace is ridiculous. It's not fair. And so you look at it and go, well, that's ridiculous and that's too much. Yes, it is. Absolutely. To, to think we get eternal life and it's not by what we do. Like, this is grace. So let me ask you something because the one last trap I mentioned, I almost forgot. Okay. Why did the man, some people will say this, and this is the religion part of it all. The man was healed because he stood up. That's what lots of people will say. And I say, nay, friend, nay. Because the man was healed, he stood up. Do you see the difference? You will hear preachers say that. Well, he exercised his faith and therefore he was able to stand up. Then who gets the glory? Do you see what I'm doing? That's the final trap. I could have gone through all this and shown you grace and at the end said, stand up, and it would have been about you. And we all would have left here being religious. Do you see that? The man was not healed because he stood up, because he tried. I trusted Jesus. No. He stood up because he had been healed. And the applause of heaven is for Christ Jesus and not him. 
Again, otherwise, this dude will start a seminar, How to Heal Your Likes. We'd all go to him, and his name would be included. Eric got stood up in the, you know what I'm trying to say? Do you see that? But we do it, don't we? Well, maybe if you had more faith, maybe this would happen if you had more faith, and then this would, this is what happens. If someone ever says that to you, number one, you fight the battle and then call me in, and I'll stand on your side and we'll talk about it. Here's what you say. If someone ever said, if you have more faith, say this. It's about me and what I do. Right? You don't want the spotlight on you, honey. No, you don't. You want it on Christ Jesus, whatever he's doing. And can I tell you another thing, too, real quick? Did you forget that he's the one who found the guy? He found the guy hurting and in his need, right? It is not my will that one lost sheep should perish. Lost sheep are scared. Lost sheep are incapable. Lost sheep are vulnerable. Cold. Alone. It is not my will that you would perish by yourself. I will come and find you. Jesus is the ultimate Navy SEAL man. He'll find you wherever you wherever you are. And he'll say to you, do you want to be made well? But Lord, I've always, oh, that's, yeah, 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 that's good, right? That would be our answer. But I've always been, and I just, I just can't seem to, do you want to be made well? Then take whatever you have inside of you, give it to me. I will give you what you need to be made whole, right? Oh, I love this story. Marty, do you like it? It's a good story. Okay, so that's what we've learned about Christ Jesus. This is who he is. This is who he is because of his grace. So what are we going to do? I say we give it back. I say what we do is we take whatever he's done in our lives or, 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 or you know, when we're on this side of the breakthrough, when we're on this side of the breakthrough, we just give, we give it back. When he gives us the, the, the fruit of the spirit and we see that we can do that, we just offer it back to him and say, how do you want to use this, Lord God? Like, I'm, I've given you my need. I want to be made whole. How can I use this for you? It's bigger than me. Other people who are on this side of a breakthrough, let's ask him, what, let's ask him with whatever we have, we're going to bring it to him and ask for wholeness. Do you understand that? Whatever it is I brought up and you thought to yourself, do you want to be made whole? What's my struggle? Bring it to him afresh with this idea. Because maybe we've knocked enough religion off of you where you can actually bring grace into your life. And say, Lord, this isn't working. And I'm not offering anything I don't have. Here's what I have. Hope in you. I don't even have faith that you're going to do this in my life, but take what I do have. Right? And then guess what, guys? According to this, Jesus, who never changes, is going to use what you have to bring you to wholeness. Can we believe that today? Awesome. Okay. Thanks for joining us online. We will see you uh, next week, we hope.